guys. I am really excited to be here in front of you guys tonight. Um, I love teaching. I love getting a chance to. So any chance I get, I really appreciate. So thank you, Kyle, uh, because I'm excited that I get to do this. Um, One, I'm really excited because college was a really transformative time in my life. It was very transformational, especially in my faith. And so it is really an honor to be able to just kind of talk to you guys tonight, share a few things, and um, hopefully better equip you to go out from today and live a missional life. And, you know, that is our series right now, if you're unaware. I don't know how you were, because we talk about it a lot, and we've done it for like five weeks now. But we are in a series called Missional, uh, oh man, sorry, Kyle. Um, it's like Missional Lives, right? Yes. Missional Life. The Missional Life. Wow. Kyle can cut that out later. But it is the missional life, and we're talking about that. Um, When Kyle first told us kind of about this series, he laid out the topics for us, and he asked Colby and I to speak, which I was all for, and he was like, here's the topics, pick which one you like. And almost immediately, Kyle, right, I was like, I want the one about conversation, because I'm good at that. And so one of the things I felt like I am good at in life is conversation, right? Uh, It's kind of one of my defining characteristics, I guess, along with Broadway, really dumb icebreaker jokes, a few other things. But I am a conversationalist, right? So I picked this. It's like, I'm going to crush this because I know how to have a conversation. And little did I know that God moving me to want to tackle this was because he wanted to tackle me. And I mean, straight up, like, form, football, tackling, It has been kind of crazy. I'm going to move up. Um, (laughs) It has been kind of crazy going through this. It's been really challenging, honestly, for me. So hopefully it's challenging for you guys in a really good way. And I'm, like I said, really excited. But the topic we are going to go through tonight is missional conversations, or I'm going to say gospel conversations a lot. Same thing. So when we talk about that tonight, same thing. And really, how do you even begin that conversation, right? There are so many ways that you can talk about gospel conversations, about missional conversations. And if you're like me, you've probably been to a lot of different conferences and breakout sessions and all of those things that talk about, how do you have a conversation with someone? How do you turn a conversation to a gospel conversation? So there's a thousand ways that you can do this. But tonight, the way I want to do this is we're going to briefly touch on, one, you can look at your outline there, what is the conversation? The next part's going to be, why don't we have that conversation? And that is going to be a fun section, because that's the one that really challenged me this week. And then uh, third, it's going to be your conversation toolkit. So we're going to talk a little bit about tools to help us have a better conversation. So, does that sound good? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm really excited. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, So let's just jump right in. We're going to talk about what is the conversation real quick. So simple definitions tonight, right? We're going to have a few of them, a few simple definitions. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is a really confusing definition. Very simple. Gospel conversation. Any conversation in which some aspect of the gospel is being shared. Crazy, right? Mind-blowing definition. Any conversation in which some aspect of the gospel is shared, right? Dictionary.com is banging down my door to get me to work for them. They are just so for my... (laughs) But I want us to think about that that way for a few different reasons, right? I want us to think simply... 
Because one, I think we can overcomplicate a lot of things. So when we think about the gospel conversation, that has a lot of like connotation to it that seems really scary or really unknown. But it's not. It's pretty simple, actually, what that actually is. And the simple definition takes a little bit of the pressure off, right? So tonight, tonight we're not going to talk about like standing on some street corner, screaming out scripture at somebody. Um, we're not going to talk about like meeting in a coffee shop and pulling out your laptop and having like a 20 PowerPoint slide presentation through the Bible and saying, here is the Bible. You know, that's not what we're going to talk about either. We're going to talk about real conversations that we have and how we can turn them to a Christ-centered or a gospel-centered conversation instead. So focusing more towards eternal things versus just temporary things, things about this world, right? So, simple definition. Two-ish weeks ago, no, two lessons, three weeks ago, Kyle spoke, right? And you heard Kyle give a really fantastic look at the gospel story as a whole. He joked around that he was going to preach the whole Bible, and he kind of did, but it was really great. He started from creation, and told the whole story of the gospel. So I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to just give us a quick recap because it is super important that we understand what the gospel is before we talk about talking about the gospel. So let's do a really quick look at the gospel. And I'm going to be really kind of just jumping in scriptures tonight. There's not like one passage. There's not like one thing. So I'm going to say it. You don't have to turn with me every single time. I'll make sure to say it multiple times so you can write it down if you want. And please stop me if you're like, hey, no, I didn't catch that reference. And if you're like, yo, then you get more points or something. I don't know. You get bonus points for saying the word yo tonight. So we're going to start in Colossians 1. If you want to turn there, that's fine. If you don't, we're going to be in verses 21 and 22. And Colossians 1, 21 through 22 says this. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's a great description of the gospel, right? We were alienated. We were hostile in mind. We were doing these things, but now we're reconciled through his death so that we can be presented as holy and blameless. So that's what the gospel is. And a few of these things I'm going to take tonight, if you were here for Kyle's talk, they're going to be pretty copy and paste (laughs) because I really appreciated Kyle's talk. And one, I just want to talk more like Kyle because he's really great. And two, I really do want to think through some of the things, the way that he taught them, I really appreciate it. And I want us to think through it that way. And so the gospel tells us this. It tells us who we are, tells us what's wrong in this world. And it tells us where our salvation is found and then what our purpose is, right? So we heard that when Kyle spoke. I really love that. So let's look at that real quick, and then we'll move on. So we are God's creation, right? We are created in his image. We are created for relationship with him. That was his original plan. We were created for relationship with him. But then we rebelled, right? We rebelled against God's plan. We rebelled in our relationship with him, which caused separation, Colossians says we were alienated, we're hostile, we're doing evil things, hostile in our mind. We were separated from the original plan that God had. So, we are his creation, made for a relationship. We rebelled against his plan for that relationship. But, which is my favorite word in the Bible, but we have salvation offered to us through the saving work of Christ. So Jesus Christ is God, 
who came down as a man. He was fully God, fully man. We can talk about that on another night because that's a whole thing. He lived a life without sin, which blows my mind to even think about. If you've really considered that, a life without sin, it blows my mind. I have no idea how that's even possible other than he's God. And then because he loved us an unfathomable amount, he sacrificed himself because he knew that the only payment for sin was death, right? Sin just being disobedience, our rebellion. So he paid that payment. He knew it had to be death. He paid it. But then what happened? He rose from the grave. He conquered. There we go. That's exciting. He rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin. So we have hope now. We have salvation, right? So we are his creation. We rebelled against his plan. He sent his son, fully God, fully man, to live a life we couldn't, to die for us, to defeat sin. So we have salvation and a purpose. So our purpose, you know, we can enter into a relationship with him. And through that relationship, our purpose is now to be ministers of reconciliation into this world. Which means... We reconcile things. We bring things back to God. We bring people in this world back to him. That's our purpose. The gospel is hope in this brokenness. It's hope in the pain. It's hope in the hurt. It's hope in the uncertainty of this world. And that's what we're sharing. When we talk about gospel conversations, that's what we're sharing. So let's get in to talking about that a little bit more. There's a few more things actually that I want us to talk about the gospel. A little bullet point list and then we'll get into it. The gospel shows us that we're fully known and fully loved. God fully knows us, the deepest parts of us, yet we're fully loved by him. He meets us where we are. The gospel is good news, guys. It's good news to every situation. And if the gospel can't bring good news into the situation, then it's not the gospel of Christ. The gospel must be shared. Not not only should we be compelled to share what is the best news in our life, we're commanded to do so. We're told to do so. And it's not good enough for us to just live a good life and hope people recognize. There is a part of the gospel that has to be communicated. There's an aspect of it that has to be communicated. Which now leads us to our topic, gospel conversation. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. Really quick really five-minute kind of gospel recap. And please, if you have any questions about that, please ask me or Kyle, Haley, someone in this room, if you have any questions about that more or what that has for your life, we want to talk to you about that. But for now, we're going we're gonna to move on, right? Our simple definition, let's look back to that. Any conversation that shares any aspect of the gospel, right? That's a gospel conversation. So why don't we have those conversations. I'm going to guess that most people in this room know somebody who's like really good at having gospel conversations. Is anybody like, I know somebody and it's kind of annoying, right? You're like, how are they so good? Like, (laughs) I just, I know many people, maybe it's just because I work at a church, but I just know so many people and I'm like, ah, they're so good at this and I'm not, I'm jealous and like, "Ah, I just wish I could be more like them. And it's definitely not like a gift I have, but I'm going to challenge us, if any of us think like I think in that, that yeah, sharing the gospel can be a gift that somebody possesses, but here's the challenging part. Sorry. Gifting does not dictate obedience. Right? So just because you feel like you're not good at something 
does not mean that you can just get a free opt-out pass for it. Just because I don't feel like I'm good at paying my taxes doesn't mean the government's going to be like, okay, that's fine. Like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. If only that's how it worked, but it's not. If only, I mean, honestly, wouldn't it be a little easier? Well, you know, I don't have the gift of gospel sharing, so I'm going to, I'm just going to sit this one out. No, we're not. All of us are called to do that. Let's look at another verse real quick. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are all called to proclaim his excellencies because he called us out of darkness into his light. We're all called. So, what do we do then if we don't have that gift, right? Well, not having those conversations doesn't make it any easier. (laughs) It's not going to help you, me, or anyone else to get better at these conversations if we never have them. But we work at it, guys. It's a process, right? Like Nick Saban says, trust the process. And the more we think about it, the more we insert it into our lives, the more it becomes part of our daily routines to consider Christ in our conversations, the less intimidating it becomes. It becomes a part of who we are. So, are you ready for the fun part of this night? Which is talking about all the reasons we don't share. (laughs) Yes, it is going to be so much fun. Challenge us, Noah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, So, but being really, really serious for one second. It's going to, like, this next part may be pretty challenging. It was really challenging for me. It kind of should be challenging. This week, I've really considered a lot of this, but I also want us to make sure that we know our goal for tonight. And our goal for this night is not that we're going to leave here and feel down or down on ourselves or guilty because we struggle with one of these points or all of these points like I do. It's not to feel like we should give up because we can't do this well, or this is not a gifting I have, so I'm just going to go home and be like sad and feel awful. That's, that's not the point of tonight. The goal tonight is to find hope in the fact that the gospel gives a ridiculous amount of grace in the, like the areas we struggle in. There's hope in the fact that we are constantly, daily being redeemed. It's a redemption process. So we're not going to be perfect right at the beginning. There's hope in that, that it's a process. There's also hope that God equips us all in these areas that we don't feel good enough in, that we feel inadequate in. He's there equipping us. He's empowering us. He's encouraging us. So that's what we want to leave here today. I want you to leave here and think, man, having gospel conversations is like really possible. And I may not be good at it now, but like, I'm going to work at it. And that's what we're going to leave here tonight with. Okay. So with that, we're going to talk about a lack and a requirement. So you see the four lacks right there. If you want to write requirement beside each one of those, that's cool too. We're going to talk about four requirements. And when I say that, we're going to talk about something we typically lack or maybe we struggle with in having gospel conversations or turning conversations gospel-oriented. And then a requirement that gospel conversations have. Right, something that they require. 
You may identify with one or two or all of them if you're me. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, you know, on the different day, you just identify with a different one. So let's let God challenge us tonight. Let's be open. Let's think about these things. Let's think through these things and be honest with ourselves if one of these really kind of hits home. Okay? The first one, lack of courage. Ugh. Right out the gate, right? What will people think of me? What will people think if I bring up Christ? What will people think if I tell them about Jesus? Will they think I'm weird? Will people think I'm judging them? Will people think I'm better than them? Will they think that I think that? Right? I think this point is something that covers a lot of the fears we have in sharing the gospel, right? The fear of rejection. Like, nobody likes rejection, <laughs> right? Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, today is a great day to be rejected, you know? Like, and if you do... I don't know how to help you with that. (laughs) Talk to Kyle, maybe? I don't know if that's you. But rejection is scary, right? None of us want that. What about the fear fear of messing up? You know, we get paralyzed because we're like, "Uh, I I don't think I'd do that well. Like, what if I say something wrong? What if they ask a question I don't know how to answer? What if I don't know what to say? What if they're smarter than me? Ugh. So we struggle with these fears, right? We struggle with these questions because there's a lack of courage there. So here's the first requirement, okay? Lack of courage, but the gospel conversations require boldness. Now, one more time, I want to hit it home. Let me say this. When I say require or requirement, I'm not saying that you're a bad Christian tonight because you don't have this. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian because right now you're struggling with this. I'm just saying that this is something that gospel conversations need. I'm also saying God equips you in this. God empowers you in this. God empowers you to have this. So when we say here boldness, it's not like, ah, just get over your fear instead. Like, just don't be afraid. Like, just do it. Like that, no. I'm saying grab on to God's power here. Right? He's the one who gives boldness. He's the one who gives a spirit of power. 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8. I know I said that really quick. (laughs) So when we have a spirit of fear, what's that? 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8. There we go. Bonus points. So... When we have a spirit of fear, that's not given to us by God, okay? That is not God-given, because that's something natural in us, worldly, a spirit of fear. That's going to be in us, okay? But God gives us a spirit of power. Replace that with boldness. He gives us a spirit to be bold, to be powerful. And Romans 8 tells us, this isn't even in my notes, Romans 8 tells us that... Um, wow, I said that and I almost forgot. (laughs) That the same power that rose Christ from the grave is the power that lives in us. So that's the same power, guys. That's a little like overcharged battery for a gospel conversation, but it's there. Like we have that power. So how do we fight fear? How do we fight lack of courage? We hold on to God's power. Moving on, lack of opportunity. Now, one thing we haven't really talked about, I'm approaching this thinking that most likely these conversations happen within a relationship, right? Now, if God's like, Kyle, you speak to that random dude and tell him about Jesus, do it. If God is moving you, move. 
But I am just saying that typically the most opportunities you'll come across are within relationships for gospel conversation. And typically, they're going to be ones that are more meaningful. Not always, not limiting God's power, but when we come at this with a relationship behind it, it shows we come from a place of caring, a place of loving, right? And so it's going to be accepted more. Maybe not all the time, but a higher chance, right? (laughs) So, this has two sides, right? Lack of opportunity. Sometimes there's just seasons that are terrible. (laughs) There are seasons that are busy. There are seasons that have a lot of stuff going on. You know, for our students, you have 18 hours, and you're like, if I don't spend 12 hours in that library, I'm going to fail. And I'm also a part of this class and this group, and I also want to sleep and maybe eat sometimes. And there's a lot of things going on, right? Totally, totally valid. There are times like that in our lives. I think more of the time, it's more of a self-imposed lack, right? Same, right here, that's me. We don't take advantage of the opportunities we do have. Now, Colby talked a lot about this last week. Listen to that podcast, he did great. I'm not going to recap everything he said, but we have to be intentional, and that's the next requirement. So we have a lack of opportunity, but gospel conversation requires intentionality. Colby talked about work, home, and play, right? I think that's a wonderful way to look at it. Where do you work? Where do you live? Literally anything else that doesn't fit in those two. Who is there? Who's at your work? Who's at your job? Right now, for a lot of you, that's classes. That's school. That's great. Who's there? Who do you live with? Who's your home? Who's your close connections? And then literally anything else you're involved in. (laughs) Who's there? Right? We have to live with this intentionality to consider the people around us. Now, intentionality also starts long before the conversation even begins. Right? We're going to be in Colossians 4, 2 through 5 is the next scripture. Colossians 4, 2 through 5. It's Paul. He's speaking, right? And he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Then I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. So two things. Intentionality starts with prayer. That's the first place we go when we're being intentional. What if we really started praying that God gave us opportunities for gospel conversations. What do you think would happen? We get them, right? (laughs) If we really, really started earnestly praying for that, they'd, they'd happen. And I think a lot of times, honestly, if we look at praying for this, it really just opens our eyes to be aware of gospel conversations, of opportunities, right? And probably a lot of them are already there. So we have to pray. It also says we have to walk towards those who haven't heard the gospel. This is Paul giving advice. He's like, guys, walk towards the outsiders. Walk towards people who haven't heard the gospel. Set up your life in a way where you're coming in contact with people who haven't heard the gospel. Set up your life to be in a diverse group of people. 
One, that's just good for you. <laughs> one, it gives you perspective, gives you so many good things to be in a diverse group of people. But two, it gives you so many opportunities. So, intentionality, prayer, set up your life to make sure you're coming into contact with people who need to hear the gospel. Okay, three. I'll try to move a little quicker. Lack of want to. Ugh. Ouch. This one really hits me sometimes. Now, for sake of time, because I want to make sure we hit some things later, I'm not going to gloss over this, but I'm going to, I think, speak a little less to this, because I think we all could probably relate to this one, right? Why would I want to disrupt my comfort? Why would I want to mess up this awesome relationship, friendship I have? Like, why would I do this right now? Why would I mess up the good stuff I got going on by making it awkward, by bringing in the gospel? What if I just, like, kind of don't care right now? What if I don't want people uncomfortable around me? Like, what if bringing up Jesus makes people uncomfortable? So, lack of want to, but the gospel conversations we have require conviction. Simple definition again. Are you ready? Conviction, for this purpose, is a deeply rooted belief that the gospel really is good news. That's where our conviction needs to come from in gospel conversations. If I asked you right now, if you thought that the gospel was good news, you'd say yes, right? Like no one in this room is going to be like, eh, it's not that great, right? We're all going to say yes. Like the gospel is good news. That's literally what it means, Noah. But like deep down in your bones, do you have that deep rooted belief in you? that it's good news. And not only is it good news, but that it's good news to all situations. That it's good news in every area. I think that's the one I struggle with the most. Sometimes it's hard for me to see how it's good news everywhere. It's easy to see it's good news when everything's going well and going great, but, you know, there are situations. I'm like, does the gospel really reach this? Like Keith Pugh, love that guy, always said... (laughs) We are monumental forgetters. That's one of my favorite things he said. Monumental forgetters. We forget so easily the sin and the death and the hopelessness and everything that was before Christ in our lives, right? We also forget the magnitude of grace and mercy that comes with Christ in our life. So how do we beat a lack of want to? Remind yourself who God is. Remind yourself what he's done in your life. Remember the Great Commission where he commands us to go out, but he also promises that he'll be right there. Look back at your life. See the things he's brought you from. See the things that he has walked you through. And desire that for others. Look at someone else and say, man, I want this for you. Now that one's hard. That one's not easy to just get over. Right? That, that is a process, again, that we have to continually be reminding ourselves of the gospel and the gospel's daily redemption of our life. Every day, not just that one moment when Jesus came into your life, when you decided to follow Jesus, but the daily redemption you receive from him. So, requires conviction. The last one, and I'm right at where I wanted to be time-wise, so we're great. Lack of know-how. Now, for many of us, 
I, I believe that it's not a lack of will, it's a lack of skill. Right? We, we're afraid that we're not going to do it right. <laughs> we're afraid we're going to say something wrong. We're afraid we're going to offend someone or that they're going to ask a question that I really don't know how to answer or that I'm going to stumble up and like accidentally say some heresy or something. I don't know. But like we're afraid that we don't like know what to do. So here's our last requirement, and this is going to move us into the last point. The gospel conversations require tools. We're going to land here for a minute. We're going to talk about this. <clears throat> so, as I was studying this, Kyle and I talked about it a little bit, and we talked about how this can sometimes feel robotic. This can sometimes feel disingenuine or forced. Because you're like, well, I'm practicing, like, I'm practicing how to share the gospel, or I'm practicing how to have a conversation, or I'm practicing how to turn a conversation towards Christ. Like, that seems a little robotic to me. Like, there's, do I really care, or is it just like a mission? But Kyle gave me a really great illustration that I'm so going to use right now. I hope I don't step on any toes. But (laughs) Kyle was like, you know, it's kind of like a vaccine. (laughs) And I agree. I think it's great. Practicing these tools, which we're about to get to in a moment, it's like a vaccine. It's a small dose, non-threatening, and it prepares you for when you encounter the real thing. Right? So that's why we do it. It it prepares us. It grows us. It helps us be okay when we're there. So let's look at some tools. Now, here's where the other plug I'm going to say is, listen to Kyle's podcast (laughs) from a couple weeks ago. So the first gospel tool, well, the first tool in your toolkit should be gospel tools. Some way to efficiently, effectively communicate the gospel. Now, a few weeks ago, Kyle went through the three circles in pretty, like, deep detail. I think it was a fantastic demonstration of it. I would really highly recommend going back and listening to that podcast if you weren't here, or if you were here, doing it again, because that is a wonderful tool. The Three Circles is a really great one. Um, There's, you know, you can follow the God-Man-Christ response kind of deal, which is a little bit of what I did earlier, talking about who God is, his plan, who we are, who Christ is, and the response we have there. And so that's another great one. There's also the, uh, Colby told me he loves this one, your story, my story, God's story. You tell your story, I tell my story, and then we, we connect them with God's story. So just find something that's comfortable to you. That's the, that is the baseline here. There's not a right one. There's not a good one, a better one, a bad one. Find something that you feel comfortable explaining the gospel through. And practice it. Next is the skill that gets me the most, that I need to work on the most. The skill of listening. Every good conversation, we have to be able to listen, regardless if it's a gospel missional conversation or if it's just a random everyday conversation, right? Gospel conversations, though, are not an exception to that rule. And... Honestly, I struggle with this one a lot. A lot of people would probably call me a good listener, which thank you if you do. But as we'll talk about in a minute, it's not just about like seeming like you're a good listener. It's about truly listening. And that's where I struggle. So two kinds of listening I want to talk about tonight. Active listening. This is a business thing, actually. 
Like, it was a really big business thing. Brandon's like, heck yes, I learned about this in class. So did I, Brandon. I have a business degree. That's crazy, right? So (laughs) I learned about this in business school, right? Active listening. It is one of the most, like, sought after and one of the least developed business communication skills out there. And active listening is just as important in business as it is in every other conversation you could ever have, right? Active listening is an engaged and a focused form of listening. Now, not like a weird, creepy way where you're like, I'm not going to break eye contact with you or blink as you're talking to me. Like, that's weird. Don't be weird, okay? Like, just don't be weird. But (laughs) it is a focused and engaged form of listening. With active listening, you are not formulating your response, like, as they're talking. Does anyone do that? Me? I'm raising my hand podcast. I, <laughs> I do that a lot. When people talk to me, I'm already thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to say. Like, this is going to be great. They're going to get so much out of this or whatever. I mean, it gets so bad. Sometimes, like, I have a response for their response, for the response I'm, like, haven't given them yet. You know? Like, I'm, like, that far ahead. I'm like way out there. And that's a problem for a lot of people, right? But that's not active listening because that is, we're not actually engaged. Give them your attention. Pay attention. Process it as they go, but don't start formulating this answer that you feel like you have to formulate, right? Odds are if you're doing that, then your side of the conversation is going to be a lot less impactful than it could be. You're missing stuff. You're not paying attention. You're thinking about what you're going to say. Active listening, guys. It's hard. It's a skill you have to practice. If it comes easy to you, good for you. But like, it doesn't come easy for a lot of people. We just have to practice that. Now, the second kind of listening. This is probably the best piece of advice I've ever gotten on how to actually turn. And here's like the, the real, here's how you have a gospel conversation kind of advice. When you're in a conversation, how do you switch it over into a conversation that's gospel-centered or Christ-centered? And this is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received. Listen for brokenness. Our world, so broken. It's literally one of its defining characteristics is that it is broken. And because of that, everyone experiences some kind of brokenness. right? Everyone in this room has experienced some kind of brokenness in their life. Now remember, we're we're thinking about this in the terms of gospel conversations in relationships, right? Not always, but more often. If you're in a relationship with someone, if you're in a friendship, any kind of relationship with someone, odds are, as you get deeper into the relationship, the conversations get deeper, and the brokenness will present itself. Like, it's going to come up. That's just what happens in friendships, relationships. And that can be a great way to speak into someone's life, right? And this isn't like, you know, man, I'm so disappointed that Alabama lost our basketball game today. And you're like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm really disappointed. You know what's like more disappointing? Going to hell. Like, that's, yeah. Um, No, bad. Don't do that. Don't be weird, okay? If you get anything out of this night, don't be weird. But that's not what we mean here, right? That's not the brokenness we're kind of like trying to turn the conversation with. This is real stuff. 
This is you're talking to a friend you have in a class. And you're like, I really am just so worried I'm not going to pass this class. Like, I am freaking out. My family's on me about this. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my scholarship. You know, this is, I am really struggling in this, like, my girlfriend is, like, we're just in a really rough spot. My mom or father or whatever family member relationship, like, we're really struggling. I don't know what to, there, it will come up. Those are the kinds of things that we listen for. One, because we care about the person, we should listen for them. But two, it's a wonderful way to speak hope. Remember, that's what gospel conversations are about here, is sharing the hope in the brokenness. So, how do I even then shift the conversation towards the gospel? Great question. Thank you for asking. Do not be afraid to practice a transition statement. And this is the part that I told Kyle. I was like, Kyle, this is robotic and I hate it. (laughs) I don't know. I actually really, really like this. A transition statement seems like something you're like, oh man, this seems so disingenuous. This just seems, ugh, right? But don't be afraid to practice a sentence or a question or something that can help you turn a conversation in the least awkward and least abrasive way possible. And I mean, if you really think about it, practicing these things, making them a habit in our life, makes them become a part of who you are. The more you put something into your life, it becomes a part of who you are and what you do. And so really, if you think about it that way, it's one of the most genuine things you can do because it then makes you be this way. (laughs) If we're practicing, it makes you genuine when it actually happens because it's part of your life. It's a part of who you are. So examples. I was talking to Kyle about a podcast I listened to and the guy was talking about um, his friend said, do you believe in divine appointments? <laughs> Every time like something would happen, I, was, I don't like that one as much. That one seems really intense to me. I wouldn't react well. But he said that worked for him and people were like, you know what? Yes. And it worked for him. <laughs> and in his prayer, I guess the Lord led people to him and gave him opportunities where that would work. That's not so much me, but if it's you, awesome. But what else? What else can we think of? You know, maybe... Hey, some, like, someone shared something with me that really helped me through something. Can, can I share something with you? Or what about, you know, I can understand what you're going through. I've actually been through something similar. Can I talk to you how I found hope in it? Or maybe I have no idea what you're going through. I can't even imagine. But I've been through some things. Can I share how I made it through those? Just think of something, again, that is comfortable for you. It doesn't have to be like the best or perfect or whatever. It doesn't have to be what someone else uses. But find something that's comfortable to you that really just feels true to who you are and the kind of conversation you would have. Because, again, genuineness. And practice it. Again, practice. So... We're going to really quickly, my time's running real short, but I want to touch on the last tool, and that is your story. And I really wish I had more time to talk about this, but we're going to hit some highlights. Your story is powerful. It is uniquely yours. And we are daily, again, being transformed by the gospel, so it is a story that is still progressing. 
We are literally walking storybooks for God, guys, and his amazing work. And because it is uniquely yours, because your experience is uniquely yours, you can speak uniquely into situations by using your story. Now, a couple quick tips. Like I said, I could have gone much deeper and I wish I could. But a couple quick tips to improve telling your story to people. One, practice. (laughs) Again, practice it again. We've mentioned this over and over and over. Have to where your story and talking about your story is just a part of who you are. Because the more we practice, the more we can communicate it effectively and efficiently. Consider forming your story with this kind of outline. Before Christ, Christ, after Christ. Pretty simple, right? Before Christ. What was my life like before I met Christ? Your Christ experience. How did you come to Christ? What did that look like? Then after Christ, what's your life like now? How is it different than before? Pretty simple outline, but an effective and powerful outline centered around Christ. Kind of last, last tip, have your story for different occasions, right? Mostly time-wise. I've heard, have a 30-second story, have a two-minute story, and have a five-minute-plus story. So your 30-second story is one where you, it's like an elevator pitch for my business people. They're the worst to make, but they're effective. It's for when you don't have a lot of time. It's when you just have that quick, like, you know, I told Kyle mine on the spot. Now I forgot what it was. But I was like, you know, my life was full of anxiety and trying to prove myself to people. But I met Christ who then showed me that love was abundant in him and I didn't have to prove myself. 30 seconds. That's hard. Think through that. A two minute is more of the one we're going to look out tonight and the more of the one that we should practice when we think about turning a conversation to a gospel-centered conversation because it's one that's like a perfect amount of time. You're not going to just like drone on and on and on and lose someone to talking to it, but it's one that can hold so much power. So talk about, share a couple details in a two-minute one. Share some deeper stuff. Share how you came to Christ. Share what it looks like now. And you have an opportunity to share a little bit deeper than that 30-second one, right? And then the five-plus minutes. That's that's when you're having one of those real, like, 11 a night. Well, that's super early now. It's like 2 a.m. Like, I'm an old man. Like, 2 a.m. talks when you're, like, really, like, up really late. And you're having those really deep talks. And you can sit there and have a real deep conversation. That's, like, your five-minute plus. But tonight, I want you to consider, like I said, we don't have a lot of time. But I want you to consider your two-minute story. What would you include in that? What was your life like before Christ? What was your experience coming to Christ? And what is that like after that? So, to close... All of us struggle with having these conversations. So do not leave here feeling alone or guilty about it. Leave here knowing that God loves you. Know that we are daily being transformed to look like Christ and that the process does not happen overnight. Know that practice really does lead you to being have to whew, to you being able to have these conversations more genuinely. And lastly, know that success is not converting someone. Success is being faithful to what Christ has called us to do, and that's sharing the gospel. So, we have a few questions. I'm going to pray. 
we'll take 10-ish, 15 minutes, and then I'll come back up and dismiss. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful opportunity to discuss a topic that is really important and also really hard. And Lord, I pray that even as I think through these things, Lord, that it just challenges us to live our lives in a way where we're not controlled by these fears or the things that we lack, Lord, but that we can focus on you and that we can, we can trust you to equip us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray that this time of discussion is one that um, is eye-opening, is one that is challenging. And Lord, I also just pray that you help us to see as we leave this place that there is so much grace and mercy and love that comes from you, Lord, and that we can be excited because we're just in a process. Lord, so if we don't feel like we're nailing it today or tomorrow or next week, Lord, help us to be faithful to continually grow in you and grow in sharing the gospel. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's your son's holy name we pray. Amen.